podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So one of the things I want to discuss today is consistency in training. And I know you are really consistent and you've done many marathons. You've been running for how long? Like 30 years? 20, Over, 30 yeah, years. 30 plus years. <laughs> I would have to do the exact math, but yeah, it's been a really long time. <laughs> That's really inspiring. And I know from a lot of consistency and training that this helps you build a strong aerobic base too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's the key to being able to, um, you know, do races that are longer is, well, and even, and to be successful at them is, you know, to try to be consistent over time. And you, you know, they, they say that really muscle doesn't have memory, but when you build, you keep building. Um, and I don't even do high mileage, but just having that experience and being consistent, your body builds up that resistance to the distance and um, you will over time with correct training, obviously, you know, continue to get faster and, you know, better at what you do. Right. Because even when you switch the work, when you're still being consistent, that can help in the long run, get more results. Performance. Oh yeah. I'm always, always got to switch it up. Um, Shocking the body is a good thing sometimes because if you do the same thing all the time, you'll get the same results. So you definitely need to continue to switch, um, you know, switch workouts around, um, sometimes go short, short, but faster, sometimes, um, you know, long and easier, and then also even long and harder, like tempo runs and stuff. So switching it up is definitely advantageous when it comes to all different distances in running. Right. Because... Even if you have a few bad days or a few good days of running, it's not going to still matter in the long run as long as you keep doing it. Yeah. It's going to add up over time. Honestly, I've had, there's been times where I've had a few weeks, you know, it just depends. Um, one thing that happens, you know, it's usually inevitable is, you know, being injured or being out for some other reason. And if that happens, um, if you've been consistent over the years, it's easier to bounce back you know, to get your back, your aerobic fitness, you will bounce back a lot faster if you've been, you know, doing it a longer period of time. Um, so once you've been to a certain fitness level, you can get back there if you've been doing it for, you know, a longer period of time. Right. Because in 2016, I had a, I had like a hamstring injury a little bit and I was out for like 60 days of running Mm -hmm. and through all the consistency and years of training, I was able to bounce back a lot quicker because of that. Oh, yeah. And I was able to hit hit half marathon PR like a couple months after the injury. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, those breaks come as a blessing in disguise. So, you know, those downtimes sometimes work in your favor at the moment. You don't realize it, but because you're just are devastated because you're out. But at the same time, sometimes our bodies need that little break and then they rebuild and become stronger. Um and then you come back stronger, and when you get back to your fitness level, you actually go past where you were when, before you got injured. Right, because also I think it's still not bad to take a few days off here and there if you need. Yeah, I th- that'll help too. Yeah, I think people get really wrapped up in, oh my gosh, I have to run. You know, it says I need to run today, and if they're feeling run down and they still continue to do that, that is when – you know, you can get injured and stuff. I always say, um, 
you know, to listen to your body and uh, not always your mind, but you know, if you are having, you know, if you're feeling run down, I think that's a good time to just say, it's okay to take a day. It's a good, it's okay to take that extra day or maybe two days. And, you know, a lot of times I've done that and that has like probably been the best decision I could have done for myself. And the, in the moment you feel kind of like maybe guilty or whatever. I don't anymore. I don't anymore. Now I'm like, I don't even care about mileage and stuff like that. I, I know I need to stay consistent. I need to stay at a certain, um, overall in general mileage but if one of my weeks is a little lower that's totally good because that means I'm you know I'm having more recovery and I'll be stronger the next week so I think people really tend to get caught up in the mileage um and think that it's going to hurt their overall performance but that's not what that's not what's going to hurt their performance at all if anything it will uh probably make it stronger right because since you've been so consistent over the years with lower mileage, you were still still able to improve your performance a significant amount in the in the middle to long run. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's all in the training. It's all just knowing what to do and knowing your body and what works best for you. Um, and yeah, for me, I mean, high mileage is great. Honestly, I wish I could do. I wish I could do high mileage. Um, it, it just has never been something that I've prospered at as far as even when I tried the like really, really, you know, building really, really slow miles and this, you know, doing my quality, I seem to just break down and, you know, my body's different. It's probably because I'm more of like, um, my body's probably more built for that middle distance. And then I, me doing marathons and stuff really pushes it to begin with. So then when I add on top of that, all the mileage, it just kind of, it never ends well for me. And I feel like it becomes, um, like, I don't know. It, it, my body just doesn't feel good when I go anywhere. Like I could do over 50 miles, maybe one week, but if I did that consistently, it wouldn't feel good to me anymore. Um, so I have to, I have to balance that out. Uh, it's just the way my body works. And some people that would be unacceptable. They need 60, 70 miles a week to, to run a marathon. And that's just not me <laughs> at all, <laughs> but which I'm happy, I'm happy with. Cause then I spend less time, you know, I don't need as much time. <laughs> so I've, I've seen a lot of people run like also 70, 80 miles a week. And I can relate to this strongly because I'm a low to mid mileage runner. When I get over 60, 70 miles a week, I start getting sick and injured a lot. So yeah. I, I stay away from that. I yeah. try to stay between 40 to 50 miles a week is like my sweet spot. That's me especially, too. Especially for like half marathon training, get the six, seven mile daily runs in and then like a nice 10 or 12 mile long run at the end of the week. I'm just feeling good. And, and my mind and body are feeling strong. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. it, yeah. And like I said, you know, everybody is different and that's for me, even marathons 40 to 50 is a sweet spot for me, to be honest. I mean, I'll, of course I'll have, I might, I might go over that on my 20 mile or week, you know, if I have a 20 mile or something like that on the weekend, my mileage might peak a little bit above that. But, um, you know, right now with no really long races in the near, near future, um, you know, right now I'm just hovering around 30 and 30, 33, 34. I mean, just, I really, it's cause I don't really need to do a super long, long run. I mean, I'm doing a half marathon this weekend. Um, but it's right now I'm kind of just gauging where I'm at to see what work I need to do. Um, you know, to, cause I'm just like kind of coming back and 
starting to get back into racing, just like everybody else. You know, we haven't had that many races, so it just started picking back up for us here. And I don't know where you're from, but in Florida now, we're getting we're getting back to the racing, which has been so nice. That's cool. I'm in New Jersey, and there, there's still a lot of races that aren't going on. Just yeah. local, local 5K and 10K races, and that's pretty much it. No marathons or half marathons in person they're all uh virtual yeah that's that was that that was like how it was here but now they're since december there's really been a race like every weekend somewhere within an hour of me um and i've pretty much been just hopping in them i wasn't in shape at all i had it's coming off of uh i still have this sciatic issue but um <clears throat> i had a I thought it was worse than it was because it was, it was actually debilitating. But then, um, with some PT now going on, I can, I can run pretty well through it and just, you know, treat it as I go. But, um, I had some time, the consistency wasn't there. And so, and it was, it wasn't there for a while. And I do say the longer you do take off and I didn't take off, I was just inconsistent because it kept hurting me. So then I would be like, Oh, I gotta take more time. And then I would have to take more time. Um, it has taken a little bit longer this time to get back where I thought I would be by now, but it's okay. I've enjoyed the process. I'm excited to be back, um, you know, towing the line with friends and um, social distancing, of course, you know, because of the COVID thing, but uh, just happy to be out there doing it again and seeing where I'm at and seeing what work I need to do. Cause I, I like the process. I like the journey of getting faster, you know? Yeah. And one of the things I think that's so important about running is that it's such an individual sport with races. Like you could train and not have to do a race. Like you could do time trials and stuff on your own. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not all about that, to be honest. Um, I did a few, I did a few for me. I need the adrenaline, like for me to like really put forth an, an honest effort. I need like the, I need the atmosphere of a race. I've discovered that definitely about myself, like me just showing up and seeing the cones and the finish line and the people and stuff like that. That's what gets me going. That gets my, um, my, it it just sends me into a whole nother state of mind. And I sometimes put out, you know, I'm a different person. I'm like an animal. When I tow the line, I'm a completely different person. Um, than when I'm, not at a race. Like I, sometimes I'm like, how do I hit these splits, you know, in a race when it feels like I'm sprinting if I'm doing this in a workout, but it's just, you know, the adrenaline and when they, when I line up, it just happens. It's so weird. But so basically what I'm saying is for me, I really need in-person racing for me to really prove myself, but not everybody does. Cause I actually coach a girl who literally was PRing in every she was, she probably would have even gone faster though, if she would have been with people, but she did virtually for the first several months and she was PRing in every distance. And I was like, I don't know how you're doing it, but you're doing it. So great job. You know, I do like in-person races more, but like, since that there aren't that many races in my area, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Well, we have, some of us don't have a choice for sure. You know? Yeah. And like for races, especially they really, like the big crowds, especially in the, I like the half marathon and marathon crowds. Yeah. It really gets my like heart pumping and just excitement, especially when you're like about to see the finish line. Oh yeah, for sure. And getting the medal and everything like the whole experience. Just the experience. Yeah. It's the experience. It's, I think why a lot of people do it, you know, is the experience. I don't, I don't even do it for the medal. 
you know, necessarily, you know, unless, I mean, some, some of them are really nice, not, not going to lie, but it is more of like the journey, the experience, you know, towing the line, crossing the finish line, seeing all the people and, and all that. It's, um, that's what makes it so much fun. It makes the pain fun. <laughs> yep. So I want to switch topics a little bit and get into more of the marathon stuff. So you've qualified for a multiple marathons in various different occasions, right? Um, well, yeah, I mean, Boston, I've done a Boston 11 times. Um, 2020 would have been my 10th in a row. However, uh, you know, we all know what happened with that. Um, but yeah, I usually qualify for like the American development. Um, it's like kind of like a sub elite group, you know, um, for New York, I qualified for that sub elite group. And then for Chicago, the last, I don't know how many times I've done it. I've done Chicago 12 times, but I think the last five or six times I've qualified for the American development group, which means you can line up right behind the elites um, and you get special tent before and after the race and all that stuff. So, and you have to qualify by, um, usually it's by being sub three. Um, and, you know, now that I'm older, um, it's, you know, they've upped the qualifying. It's like, I don't know, I think it might be three or five or something like that, but I usually have qualified with a sub three, regardless of that extension. Um, but yeah, and I qualified. F- Hello. Oh, hi, I'm back. Oh, my, I think my. F- phone went um like shut down <laughs> but it's up now it's um, all good okay so what i was saying is i qualified for the world age group championships in london and then london got canceled so that was really sad um uh, and that was supposed to happen in 2020 as well so that was a bummer but that was an exciting um honor you know to at least have that opportunity even though it didn't happen <laughs> It's just amazing all the different marathons you've run over the years. I've followed you on Instagram for a long time. Yeah. And it's just it's just so amazing. Yeah, I have fun doing them. I I got hooked and I did my first marathon when I was 19 and I was like, "Oh my god, that was just awful." And I couldn't walk for a week, but I was also in college, so then I just focused on my shorter stuff for a while. And I didn't do my next marathon until I turned 30. Um, and I just did it for fun. And I did qualify for Boston and then I went to Boston and I said, I'd never do Boston again because that was awful. I was dying afterwards. My legs were killing me. I could barely walk. I could, Oh, it was just terrible. I didn't train properly. That's why. Um, but I did continue to do Chicago and other marathons, um, did, you know, flying pig and I did, um, Cleveland and I went and did, I did Disney and I did, um, New York, Chicago. I've done Sacramento. I've done, you know, the CIM. Um, but I eventually obviously went back to Boston and I said, I was just going to do it for fun. Um, I was going with a friend because she had qualified and I was like, you know what, I'll just run it for fun. And I ended up running like a three ten. I was like, wow, that was, that was awesome. I, I really think I actually like Boston now. And then since then I started doing it every year and that was like 2011, I think that was the 2011. So I did it in, I did it in 2005 for the first time. Then I waited, I think 2009 was the year that I actually waited or 
2009 was the year that I was like, oh my God, I did a 310. I was like, what? Maybe I could break three someday. That was when it, that, that was when the aha moment. And then I had a bunch. I had like a 309, 308, 305, 304, 30. Oh my God. I just kept going 30, 30, 30. And then finally, oh, and then I kept getting hot weather. That was like 2012. I mean, hot weather, hot weather, hot Boston. And then finally, 2012, Chicago, I broke it. And then now I've, you know, now I've broke it like 13 times. So it's like, once you break that barrier, you, you know, you know, in your mind, you can do it and it, and it, something switches and it's easier to do. So what was your mindset like for training when you actually like broke the sub three over the three? What did you do differently? Um, What I did differently. And I think honestly, that was the key thing is um, in my long runs, okay, so I actually kept my, I kept my speed work geared towards some shorter things. Like even like the 5k, 10k, I did a lot of speed, but I geared and until like the end, maybe like six weeks out, I would start lo- adding longer intervals with my speed work. But the big thing I think that really set it apart from all my other, you know, like when I started getting fast and started doing the sub threes was my long run. I ended up doing like workouts in my long run. And I actually like, now that's what I give to my, you know, the people I coach, I, you know, they, they do workouts in their long run and I would run my long runs faster. So there's sometimes I would do my whole entire long run very close to my marathon effort pace. And, um, or I would like warm up, like go a little bit slower, a couple of miles. And I would do like four or five miles at marathon pace. And I might, back off like a mile or two and then do four or five miles at marathon pace. And it was, you know, it was tough, but it really built up that stamina. And then so. Hello. Ah. I got to pay attention, make sure my phone doesn't because after about two or three minutes, it goes black and that's when we lose each other. I'll make sure that it doesn't. It's all good. So that was the big difference. Um, it was just adding the workouts to my long runs and doing some of my long runs, not all my long runs faster, but um, a lot of my long runs I did at a faster pace. That's what I started actually doing that a little bit too. When I was training, when I ran a 325 marathon, uh-huh. I would start like incorporating a little bit of like tempo work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes it would get boring sometimes to run like easy long runs all the time. So I would like to switch it up, put some intervals in tempos. I know you're a coach and stuff. I actually self coach myself. Yeah. I used to have a coach, but that's what I used to do. Yeah. And that's all, you know, that's what you need. Um, just having that, you know, honestly, speed work is, is where it's at. And then those, you know, those long runs, you know, if you can incorporate, um, you know, some faster paced workouts in them, because when you're, when your body's tired, when you get up to that 15, 16 mile mark, if you're just running slow all the time, that's all your body's going to know. So even if you do just a several minutes at those faster paces incorporated in those late miles, your, your body will adjust and, and learn to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it doesn't be, you know, and it becomes easier for you and you'll build that endurance. Well, you'll burn the and, strength. You'll build the, you'll build the strength. And also I think like the late, the later miles in the marathon are like the most important part, like miles 20 to 26.2 or 18 to 26.2 is when 
like that the real part of the race starts oh yeah that's if yeah that's they always say there's there's two halves to a marathon it's the first 20 and the last 20 or in the last 6.2 um because you can i mean anytime that i've ever fallen apart it's usually like at 22 you know like right at 22 or you know it's definitely in that last 10k you can lose everything in that last 10k um i mean as far as like if you're on a pace so you got to keep it feeling easy um as long as you can you know if you're going if you're feeling if it's tough and you're already if you're at 14 15 and it's already feeling tough it's going to feel real tough in 10 miles so um you know you got to check yourself so when i ran new york city marathon that was one of the hardest races i ever ran it was ridiculous because i was at like mile 21 22 my legs were like ripped apart yeah that's a, that's a tough race i did break three there um and it was it was like on a really it was like really windy i think it was in 2014 i think um and it was like super super windy and that was probably one i think it's harder than boston for sure like i think just because of the where the where the hills are they're just you know so spread out and then when you get to central park you're just like oh my god my legs are dead so i definitely think that that's a tough marathon and i feel like most people feel that way too <laughs> cuz i never personally ran boston but i've heard it, it's had it, it has its challenges especially heartbreak hill oh yeah for sure it does i mean but the but the first half if you play it right um, you know, it is a little bit net downhill. You got to be careful because you can tear your quads up, but, um, you know, it's just that, you know, it's that small section of Hills. If you can get through that. And the good thing about Boston is for every up, there's a down. Um, and so you just got to know how to work that downhill when you're on the opposite, you know, when you, when you crest the hill. Um, and then, you know, once you get past that, like past 22, you're smooth sailing. There's one tiny one towards the end, but it's real little. Um, it feels like a mountain when you're hurting, but you know, it's, it's a challenging course. That's why I like it. Um, but I definitely think there's harder courses out there. And I think New York is actually, in my opinion, I think New York is harder. So you're more of a road runner than a trail runner, right? Yeah. I mean, I love running trails. We don't have a whole lot of options here in Florida. I live in Orlando too. So um, I, I love running on trails. I haven't, I've done, you know, I've done several races. I've done half marathons on trails. I've done, um, some five K's and stuff like that. And I do well. Um, we just don't have the, a whole lot of options when it comes to that. I, and, um, and the one, and some of the options that we do have, they're like ultras and I'm not really into that. Not, not yet. I'm going to, as long as I feel like I can run fast, I'm going to can try to continue, you know, to stay fast instead of long and slow. Um, and so I'm not, you know, I'm not intrigued by the ultra distance whatsoever. (laughs) I think marathons long enough for me at this point. Um, not saying I'd never try one and, or just as a challenge, you know, or something like that on a trail, but uh, it's not on my to-do list at the moment. (laughs) Cause I think I'm like that too. I'm not into ultras or anything because I want to stick with the the like the lower distances a little bit because i want to be able to keep my pace up and not run slow too much i like to run fast yeah, me too. a little bit more than slow yeah i'm and, i'm in the same boat i'm like even it's so hard for me 
you know, cause how oh, everybody's all into this doing a lot of easy miles now. And I know it's the bread and butter of your running and you're only supposed to run, you know, hard those two days or whatever it is, you know, is on everybody's training is a little bit different. It's very difficult for me to run like really slow because I feel like I don't get my fix. I'm, I, I gotta, I gotta feel like I pushed myself a little or I don't, or I feel like it's not enough. Um, it's just the way my body chemistry is, I think. Um, so I used to tend to run many of my runs, um, at probably a little faster than I should. <laughs> um, yeah, but it all worked out in the end. I, I mean, I, I did well, I would do, I would end up running like three kind of three hard runs a week, but I would take one or two days off a week too. So, um, I had a re I had a weird schedule, but it did work for me and it, and I was fast. So it was working. That's all that mattered at that point. Right. Cause when you run too slow, too much, it, it feels like walking yeah. a lot of the times and keeping that challenge and consistency at the same time makes you want to push more and set the bar higher. And then maybe in the cycle in the training cycle, you set the bar even higher. Yeah. So if you want to PR or shoot for a PR in that specific distance. Yeah. You got to keep it. You got to keep it going. You got to keep that speed up uh, for sure. And I feel like a lot of people think if they run slow, that means they're going to be slow. And that, and it's not true. You know, if you're just trying to, you know, get the endurance in and the miles in those long, slow runs really are beneficial for me personally, it's just hard for me to like feel satisfied when I, when I, you know, have more slow runs than fast runs. So, um, I like those medium runs where I go out and I feel exhilarated, but I'm not like going fast. I'm just, it's like comfortable, but it's like pushing it just a little bit. You know, I love, I like, I like those runs. I do that on my long run sometimes. And I think it's really individual. Like I said earlier, from person to person because there's some people that can run like Olympic runners can run eight or nine minute miles and they're out on the track racing like five minute miles or sub five minute miles. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the elites run very slow, um, training runs. I mean, it's, it's like recovery days and stuff like that. They're all in the eight minute range. Um, so it's very, actually very normal. Um, my run yesterday was over eight minutes. I mean, I, I, I do it. I definitely do it. And I do get something from it. And I know it's beneficial to me, you know. Um, however, it's just not as satisfying. <laughs> and, and it must have a lot, it must have benefits too for like sleeping, psychological a little bit. I hear some people say that for like heart rate, keep the heart rate lower to run slower. And then run, keep your easy days easy, and then your hard days hard. Right. Yeah, it's definitely something you need to you need to do because the easier you run on your easy days, the harder you can push on your hard days. And you do want to be fresh and ready so that you can have an accurate um, depiction of where you are in your fitness when you're doing your intervals and stuff like that. So if you're running hard every day, obviously that's not going to happen. So you do need your rest and you need to recover and you do need those slow days, um, for that. It's, those, you know, it's very important. Right. So uh, what I want to get into today is, uh, also fuel. So what kind of fuel do you use for marathon training, like goo gels or spring energy? 
Okay, so the last like two years, I guess now. When did I do Berlin? I did Berlin in nineteen. And that was when I got into the Martin gels or Morton. I don't know how you say it, but um, I like those because I used to have, I used to use uh, honey stingers and I I still like those, but um, I found that the Martin gels, for whatever reason, they don't mess with my stomach at all. They, I sometimes would just get an upset stomach while I was running and, and I've been running a long time and I've changed over the years of, I, I don't know, just. I don't know if my body is changing or what, but some things that used to work for me just don't work for me anymore. But I think the Martin gels really, um, I like them and, you know, I'm really old school. I, I love to drink Gatorade. I drink Gatorade before I run sometimes. Um, well not sometimes pretty much every time I take a Gator, I get, get take Gatorade to the track. I just like it. Um, I also use liquid IV now. Um, it's really strong, but I like it. I'll use it before races and sometimes the night before a race. I love noon. Um, if I'm racing, especially if it's hot, I do a noon um, the night before and maybe the morning of. And then if it's really hot and humid, I'll even sip some pickle juice. And I take pickle juice with me um, during half marathons and marathons. Like I think that was the reason I was able to go sub three at two of the warm Bostons. Um, it was because I got to replace that. Um, you know, those electrolytes and that sodium that I was losing through sweat because of the heat. And as soon as I took that pickle juice, I would take it like at 20 to 21, 22, somewhere in there. And, oh my gosh, I just, it was like, it was like somebody shot me with something good and I was able to keep, keep my pace and I started passing people. And, um, so that was a really, that was a really good discovery on my part especially those warm races, you know, like they're saying the half marathon this weekend. Now I'm not in shape right now, but the half marathon this weekend is going to be humid and warm. It's going to be in the sixties. And there's a front coming through the night before with rain. So it's going to be rough. I already, I have to just be prepared for that. So there's a good chance I'm going to be needing all the hydration tools that I can pull, you know, from my stocks that I have and just use everything to try not to get depleted. Right, because I heard pickle juice is really good. I've never ha- tried it myself for training, uh-huh. but it, it gets really hot here sometimes, and I should go out and buy some because the sodium intake is really high and it's beneficial. Yeah, it has like 460 milligrams of sodium in those little bitty pickle shots that I do, but it also has, okay, so there's vinegar in it, and vinegar is a neural inhibitor. So if you start cramping, this will get rid of a cramp within 30 seconds. Um, and so that's a really, that's a key thing for a lot of people who, once they start getting depleted, if they cramp, I don't necessarily get cramps like that. Um, however, um, it prevents them as well. So I would, you know, I don't know if I would have cramped or not. Cause I've been, you know, drinking the pickle juice when I am in, you know, hot races and stuff like that. And sometimes I'll even take it after if I know I've sweat a lot, I'll, I'll take, and I'll take some pickle juice after like a hot depleted, like a hot depleted run. Cause sometimes even my toes will cramp up on the way home. If I've been really depleted, um, it seems to work for me. So I just, I, you know, you just kind of go with what works at that time. <laughs> I've been doing it for a couple of years though. I mean, at least five years, six years, I've been drinking pickle juice. Cause I think, 
I use none too the day before um, I go out for a long run or something. I know it has essential electrolytes, but not nearly as much as the pickle shots. Well, for the sodium aspect of it. Oh, yeah. Sodium aspect for sure. And then, you know, noon doesn't have the sugar and neither does, um, you know, pickle juice. So that's why that's where the, you know, the Martin comes in or the liquid IV has the sugar. So, you know, if you can just balance it all, get the right mixture for yourself, um, you know, there's everybody's got their little recipe that works for them. And, you know, that is just what's worked for me. So I, I want to get on to one last topic, and it's about running shoes. So what running shoes do you usually wear for training? Sorry about that. Um, so I've ran in many different types of shoes. I mean, I've ran in Asics. I've ran in Nike. Um, well, back in 2000, oh, and what else? There was another one I ran in. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot. That's so sad. I had, I'd have to, um, not, okay. I keep thinking, oh my gosh, I can't think of it. Oh, not Adidas. Oh, well, I used to race in Adidas. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. So I've ran in a lot of different shoes. Well, in 2016, I was having some really bad toe pain and, um, I had just, I had a stress reaction in well, my left foot. And when they did the MRI, the guy said, you know, you, I have great, you know, great cartilage everywhere, but apparently I, since I run on my toes, I've had, um, some narrowing of the toe joint, um, between my big toe right there on both feet. But one of them was causing me pain. And I was like, oh my gosh, it hurts. So you just don't even know it does. It was like this awful pain when I, when I ran and I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I mean so much where I would like throw my shoes off after interval workouts and stuff like that. Well, it was crazy because at that point, Newton had just contacted me asking me, um, if I'd like to try their shoes. And I was like, sure, why not? Well, it just so happened that they have these lugs on the bottom of the shoe, um, that kind of go down, like they stick out a little bit. I don't know if you've ever heard of Newton and they, and it, and it disperses the weight evenly under your toes. It also kind of propels you forward and it gives, and it helps people's form. Like I had pretty, I have good form anyway, but for someone who doesn't, doesn't have that forward lean, you know, it kind of helps with that. And, um, so when they gave them to, they, they sent me a pair to try and I fell in love immediately. And the biggest, one of the biggest reasons was, is because I could run and it didn't hurt my toe because it ended up my, the bottom of my feet were, um, and where it pressed on the bottom of my foot made my toe not jam into the front of my shoe. So I was sold. I was like, yes, I want to run in these because of, you know, because of this now I can run without pain. So I started racing and running in Newton's, um, about five years ago and I've pretty much stuck with those. Um, once in a while, I mean, I believe in switching things up. I don't believe in running in the same shoe all the time. I think that that can cause issues as well. So, um, I do like the Pegasus, what do I have? Um, the, the Pegasus, the zoom Pegasus. So I still like Nike. I don't, um, run all the time in them. I'll do some easy runs in them, um, just for a different tread on my foot, you know, and, and I love them. They're like, they're bouncy. They're a different feel than the Newtons. Um, I don't feel as fast in them and, um, I don't race in them, but I think it, you know, it's a good, it's a good balance, you know, just to switch it up for my feet. 
And, um, but yeah, I'm a Newton girl <laughs> now. And it, and it's really because of, of that, um, toe issue that I had and my toe doesn't hurt anymore. So even when I wear my Nikes, I, you know, I, I somehow, you know, the irritation is gone. And even though there might be narrowing of the toe joint, I think if I ran in Nikes all the time, it would probably come back. But, you know, because I switch it up and go back and forth, it's okay. And like, I think like if you switch up the shoes, it also provides psychological benefits too. I think so. And, and just like mentality, it could switch your mentality when you're going into a different training cycle. And you don't want to have, like, like you said, you don't want to have the same shoes all the time for like everything. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely good to switch them up. And I even switch up my shoes between long runs and, um, or not long runs, but like easy stuff and then sprint work. You know, I have shoes that I, I wear my racing shoes or a lightweight trainer for any kind of like speed that I do, um, to prepare for racing. Um, so yeah, I do that. So, yeah. So thank you for coming on to the oh, yeah, no worries. fitness podcast. Yeah, no problem. You'll have to send me over a link. I'd like to hear it. Yes, definitely. So we'll have a have great a- day. Thanks for having me and happy running. <laughs> happy running. Thank Take you. Care. You too.